uh, wasn't that just a fabulous ad? Uh, that's from the British department store John Lewis, who release an ad like that uh, pretty much every year now. And it really resonates with us. Uh, the first time I saw that ad, I thought, gee, that is so powerful. And I had to think about why that was. I'm not sure if it's the magnetism of an Elton John song uh, or perhaps the image of a life lived where someone's giftedness is on full display or maybe it's in the pride of a mother seen with the tears sliding down her cheeks or maybe it's all of those things together. Maybe it's the package of them. Whatever it is, that is one seriously good and expensive ad. And the key message in that ad we just saw is this, that there are some gifts that are more than just a gift. That is, uh, the ad's making the point that there are some gifts that have so much power inherently within them that they can actually inspire and change and influence someone, so much so that the gift can reset the course of their whole life. Can gifts really do that? I think the answer is yes, but not all gifts. In fact, not most gifts. Uh, Not these ones. Not these ones. I gave this to my child a couple of years ago, lasted about two hours, didn't change their life. Not this one. But some gifts can. And of course... You probably know where I'm going with this, right? I mean, it is Christmas after all. You are in church after all. You're speaking to a preacher after all. What's he going to say? He's going to say that baby Jesus is the gift that has the power to inspire and change and influence someone so much so that he can reset the course of someone's life in a whole new direction. So, so predictable. Maybe, maybe. Stay with me, because I think that in the story that we just had read to us before by Carol, that you've probably heard a hundred times, there's just a few surprises still left in store in that story. And I just want to point out now three things in the story, and let's see if there's a surprise or two still in store. So firstly, uh, and and probably least surprisingly, uh, we read in this story that an angel of the Lord appears to a number of shepherds and says to them on the screen, Don't be afraid, shepherds. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What's the first thing we read from Luke's telling of the Christmas story? We see that the news of the gift of Jesus, right? The news of the gift of Jesus and the joy that that news is going to bring is for all the people. The news about Jesus is for everyone. You see, that's the thing with news. No one has a monopoly on it. News is always for everyone. Uh, Did you hear that a week ago a storm ripped through Castle Hill, Borkham Hills and Cherrybrook? Oh, no, Pete, you can't say that. Whoa, that's, no, you can't. No, that's not how it works with news. We tell news. It's not inappropriate to tell news. Uh, It's not an opinion. It's a statement of fact. You can still see the uprooted trees on the sides of the road as you drive through Castle Hill. It's news. It's public. It belongs to all. And that's the first thing we see with the news of Jesus. The good news is that God has finally sent his long-awaited king into the world. 
And Jesus Christ is a gift from God to save and rescue a world in great need. That's good news. That brings great joy. That's for everyone to hear and celebrate. So sing it loud, sing it clear, praise the Lord. Secondly, and probably really surprising to you, if the good news that brings great joy is for everyone, then the gift of Jesus himself is not for everyone. Now, that's a bit uncomfortable. I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable. That sounds a bit exclusive, doesn't it? It does to me. So let's see what the Bible says to make sure it's just not the local Anglican minister who's making it up. What do we know? We know the good news. It will cause great joys for all the people. We saw that before. Then we read that a bunch of angels turn up. We're told a great company. Did you know that's a collective noun for a bunch of angels, a company? Well, the company of angels turn up and start singing. And they sing these famous words on the screen. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom God's favour rests. Seen that before? Please notice what that does not say. That does not to say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all people everywhere. No, that's what our Christmas cards say. And the angels haven't read our Christmas cards, it seems. Don't get me wrong, that is a lovely message. It's just not the Bible's message of Christmas. So, of course, this has to raise a question for us. Who are these people who get the gift of Jesus? So, what have we seen? Uh, The joy and the news of the gift of Jesus is for all people, but the peace that comes from the gift of Jesus is only for a few. question has to be, who are they? Who are those people upon whom God's favour rests? And how can we get this gift if we want it? That's the third thing we see in this famous little passage we heard read. And I think this third thing is also a surprise. Because I think, we like to think, that God's favour rests on the good. That is, after all, the secular theme of Christmas. He sees you when you're... He knows when you're... He knows if you've been or... So be for, you know the song, you know the song, it is the secular theme of Christmas. The question is, is God like Santa? Well done, boys and girls. (laughs) Is God like Santa? That is, he gives gifts not to the naughty, but to the nice. And when we talk about the nice, what we really mean is the us, right? People like us. The Anglicans here. Welcome Baptists and Presbyterians this morning. Or if not the Anglicans, let's open it up. At least the churchgoers, those who could be bothered getting out of bed on Christmas morning. You know, the religious, surely we're the ones upon whom God's favour rests. The upright and the moral. Or those of us who like to pretend we are. Well, you might be surprised, but according to this story, it's actually none of those upon whom God's favour rests. It's none of those who receive the gift of Jesus. In the story, it's really simple, and the answer is in the sentence, the verse on the screen. Today, in the town of David, 
A saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, I'm not sure whether you realise this, but in that one sentence there are three different descriptions of who Jesus is. And they're there. Uh, Saviour, Christ and Lord. The Saviour is the one who saves you. He's the rescuer. The Christ means the King. And the Lord means God himself. And I wonder if the pieces are starting to come together for you. You see what this means. What the angels are saying here is that the gift of Jesus is for only those upon whom God's favour rests. And the people upon whom God's favour rests are those who look at Jesus and see the Saviour, the Christ, and the King. You see, Jesus will only ever be seen as a gift by those who look to him and know that he died on the cross to rescue them from their sins. Jesus will only be a gift to those who look to him and know that he's the promised king who has come to lead them. Jesus will only be a gift to those who look to him and know he is the God and creator of the whole world and who therefore long to worship him with their whole lives. They will be the ones who find the peace of God rest upon them. They will be the ones, according to Luke's gospel, who will receive the gift of Jesus. You know, that Elton John ad we saw at the beginning this morning had this tagline at the end. It said, some gifts are more than just a gift. And I said at the start, look, you know where you are, right? You're in church. It's Christmas. We're talking about baby Jesus and you've got a minister out the front. Of course, he's going to say Jesus uh, is the gift that's greater than a gift. And I absolutely am, but with some caveats with some qualifications. Because when I say that that is absolutely true of Jesus, that is absolutely true of Jesus, that he is a gift that is more than a gift, it is only true of Jesus if Jesus is true. It's only true of Jesus if Jesus is true. If the gift of Jesus uh, to a world in desperate need for a saviour is true, See, if that is true, if that statement's true about Jesus, then that gift of Jesus to us that very first Christmas, when you think about it, actually becomes the most astonishing event that has ever happened in the history of the world, right? Like, you can't top that if it's true. Think about it. That God himself, the creator of the world, put on a coat of skin, entered the human condition, became a man, who we meet in the person of Jesus to turn a wayward people back to himself, the Saviour, the Christ, the Lord. If that's true, that's incredible. You, you cannot top that. If that's true, that is the most important thing that's ever happened. On the other hand, if it's not true, who cares? And to be frank, I want to say that on first blush, this, do, this story doesn't really seem to be in the realm of historical fact. You know, there's just so much in this story, isn't there, that's hard to believe. There is for me. Angels? Really? Babies in mangers? Eh. Sin? Maybe. God? Yeah, I guess so. See, maybe for you, this is all in the realm of mythology and superstition or religion, fear and power. Whatever it is, this story, maybe to you, doesn't read like normal history. So if that's you today, then Christmas for you uh, is something you celebrate out of cultural tradition or necessity, perhaps out of mere sentimentality, a tip back to your past, maybe out of family obligation. You might have been dragged here today by a well-meaning relative. Welcome to you. 
If that's the case for you, then Christmas might be fun, but it's not important. See, what we've seen so far is that the gift of Jesus is either the most important thing or not important at all. Here's the thing it cannot be. The gift of Jesus cannot be moderately important. The gift of Jesus just cannot be moderately important. That is to say, you cannot be neutral on this story. You just can't be. You can't say to yourself, yeah, I guess it probably happened. Yeah, a bit unlikely, but yeah, I guess maybe God entered our world and, and, and died on a cross to save people like me, but I'm really not going to think about it much, or maybe I'll just consider it once a year for 10 minutes when a preacher's banging on out the front. I just want to say to you, that is not a rational way to think. That actually doesn't show intellectual integrity. That's not the path of wisdom. If it's not true, who cares? If it is, that changes everything. And my encouragement to you this morning, brothers and sisters, friends and guests, whether you are regular here week by week, or whether you're here because you've been dragged along, is to ask yourself this question. Did this story actually really happen on the pages of history? Did it actually happen? Because if it did, then I want to say that everything that is significant in your life hangs on the answer to that question. And this year I'd love to encourage you, whether you're a member of Norwest or a guest here today, I'd love you to wrestle with this question. Is Jesus the gift who is more than just a gift? Have a Merry Christmas.